Hey everybody, this is the Dan and Aaron Lycorama music. Hey, the Dan and Aaron Lycorama is a officially licensed production of uh, Dan and Aaron um, Music Industries Limited. Um, copyright 1972, uh, long before either of us were born. True. Um, the entire concept, purpose, idea, and um, onus, that's another big word, um, of this podcast is that Dan and I enjoy talking about um, things that make us happy. And that's why we're here. We'd, we'd like to tell you guys about neat things that make us smile. Um, yeah. Now you talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, uh, we have known each other for 22, 23 years, something like that. A long time. Uh, my dear God. It's yeah, it's, that's right. Oh my God. And we've, we've thrown things at each other over the years. Uh, and we've gone, wow, neat. And something that both of us have, uh, always shared, I think is, uh, um, a certain frustration with mediocrity and, and frustration with, on the flip side of that, people who are snobbish and dismissive of everything except the one thing that they like and everything else is garbage. And you're garbage for liking it. Um, right. And actually, you know, I will say that um, part of my ability to kind of come around to being... Um, more appreciative of unabashedly positive things really comes from you, Dan. And, and that's simply because at a certain point, um, I, per conversations that you and I had, I, you know, at a certain point you were like, you know, what's the, what's, what's the point behind devoting mental energy to being grumpy about stuff when there's so many great things out there in the world that you can genuinely enjoy and just be happy about and then you can turn around and then talk about how happy you are about the fact that you enjoyed that yeah uh and that happiness and the pleasantness and the funness that comes from enjoying that thing um it, it comes back to that whole concept of you know like um uh Nobody leaves a uh, a positive restaurant review, but uh, if somebody leaves a negative restaurant review, they write five paragraphs, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. Instead of instead of focusing on the negative, uh, you know, Dan and my kind of generalized mission statement here is let's let's talk about things that we like. Let's be positive about them, and uh, uh, let's also uh, kind of examine them from a critical eye. Um, but the general idea here is that. Um, what about this thing, uh, this piece of media, this factoid, this uh, bit of history uh, is fascinating? And, and, and what about it really piques our interest and why do we like it? Um, hence the name of the show, the Dan and Aaron like-o-rama. <laughs> what is opposed to the hate-o-rama, which uh, we chose not to produce at all and have thrown in the rubbish bin. Or the guilty pleasure-o-rama, where we say well you know i like it but it's also really bad and here's why and i'm probably dumb and no one likes it uh, no 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 you like it no. and it's great enjoy it exactly 
Um, I did want to say just for this first one, um, a little bit about us. We, I mean, mostly we're just like two random dudes, but also uh, part of sort of you uh, what came, what brought about that appreciation for liking and dismissal of critical uh, hipsterism and snobbery, at least on my side. Um, so yeah, when we met in high school, it was, you know, we had a similar tastes and similar likes for, you know, nerdy stuff and indie stuff and arty stuff and whatever. And, uh, when we went off to college, I definitely, uh, when I found sort of my tribe at the radio station and in the basement rock shows and stuff, there was so much of that hipsterism and snobbishness and dismissiveness. Um, and, you know, at the radio station, there were little stickers on all the CDs to give an album description. And whoever was writing them before I was writing them uh, was like, oh, well, this band is like, uh, if this band was like this band in 1986, but before the third drummer died. And I was like, well, that doesn't tell me anything. Right. I need like a decoder ring to read that. I just want to know about the thing. And so when I started writing the record reviews, the record descriptions, it was like actual descriptions of the thing that was coming out of the speakers as if you had never heard of the thing. Right. Because I felt like the only person who was ignorant about all of this stuff. And that was a real hurdle for me. And so I was like, it was a gatekeeper thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you must have read this many issues of Kerrang! to listen to this album. Right, you must be this tall to ride. Yeah, yeah. and it was just uh, it was just no fun. So yeah, I'm I'm all for fewer gatekeepers. I'm I'm glad that they're are just finally starting to eliminate some gatekeepers in like the yeah. white male, uh, straight, hetero, uh, cis. Uh, comedy scene and the music scene it's it's easier for yeah. other people to get in and be noticed and find an audience so fewer yeah. gatekeepers is good that we are not trying yeah. to be that we're we're raising up yeah. not shutting down yeah yeah and parallel to about that same period of time um you know i was i was in a, a pretty negative state i'm not going to spend uh the entire intro talking about that but Long story short, it was around that period of time that, you know, Dan kind of explained this whole kind of general approach and ethos to um, approaching the, the, the music and how he began to kind of take it to um, media in general. And um, that was probably around the same time that I uh, shut down my live journal <laughs> <laughs> and thought to myself, hmm, perhaps he has a point. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't um uh be spending uh every outing to the theater uh thinking that i'm going to be uh the the next gene shallot but with cuss words and maybe <laughs> i should uh just uh see what i can find in the show that i enjoy or or in the thing that i read or whatever yeah it's fun and you know not just dumb animal pleasure you can find intellectual fun in it too but yeah just yeah i don't know it's nice and yeah, well, but that's also, that part. that's also <laughs> that was also about the same time that we started. Uh, we did a band together. Now we do a podcast together. Um, and it was around that time. This is early 2000s. 
uh, when we were in college that uh, we found out about today's topic. Segway, segway, yes. segway. Which is the young ones. Yeah, we were thinking what would be a good one, uh, a good subject. I have a whole list of things that I'm just wild about, and I know you do too. And I threw a few at you, and you threw some, and we said, and you just, Aaron said, well, why don't we just talk about the young ones? That's something we both love, and we can talk about any time. Absolutely. And it's the best. Uh, It was one that was right on the list of, is it two? Because some things we don't want to talk about because it's like everyone's heard of it you know like david letterman everyone's heard of it steve martin everyone's heard of it monty python everyone's heard of it but uh like the young ones in the states at least there was a there was a period when mtv showed it at like midnight or something and so there was like if you're a few a, a sliver of an age range you probably saw it then as a teenager Right. Otherwise, you didn't. If you're like five years older than us, you probably saw it yeah. then. But otherwise, it was like a friend of yours told you about it, and you found out. You're like, oh wow, that's cool. Right, and I also I also think that like, um, something happened with the way that the young ones kind of arrived on on U.S. shores and waves, where you had the original airing of the young ones on uh, BBC in the, in the mid eighties. And, you know, you had some word of it kind of making it across um, the Atlantic ocean to the United States and, and maybe a videotape or two, you know, kind of slowly uh, finding its way over. Um, But I mean, the way that Dan and I found out about it and the biggest thing that I've kind of digested from listening to other folks talk about it and, and listening to other podcasts when, when the young ones comes up is that people really talk about, their awareness of the young ones really coming from the dvd set um that got released and was just like every episode in one compilation and upscaled and really clear and and able to enjoy these guys without um you know having to adjust the vert and horrors on your set (laughs) yeah and it was uh it's such a word of mouth thing because you know you listen to to brits talk about it and it's just oh you were alive in 1982 you you saw it right uh but here yeah you like you knew a guy who heard about it from someone whose friend was over there for you know study abroad and they knew about it from a friend over it's like it's like a a six steps removed (laughs) before you get back to the source um right yeah and that only i think that only fuels the passion for it because if it was something where you know coming this summer on fox check it out right it would be like yeah okay like i remember um a show i really like uh new girl that my wife and i only got into recently when it was on tv it was like hey network sitcom check it out i'm like yeah "Eh, that that doesn't look fun that looks dumb right but then we started watching. It's like, oh, it's actually really cool and neat. Wow, that's cool. I, I, it's great that this was on a network time slot. Wow. Right. Um, but with the young ones, it was like, I'm trying to remember who I. It might have been my brother who showed it to me, and I was like, okay, well, I trust your taste. Oh, wow, it's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I found out about it from you. Um, I mean, I, I remember us, uh, God, I think it was either when we were uh, recording for one of the albums that we were in, or it was, I, I just remember like... I feel like it was then, yeah. Yeah, I remember being tired as hell and being in that, that ratty apartment, and we mm. had recorded for like, I don't know, six or eight hours or something like that, and then we had gotten drunk, and then you were like... Yo, you we we gotta check this out. This is uh, borrowing it. I'm borrowing it from my brother, and he said it's so good. And I watched a few episodes, and I thought it was really funny. And you should watch it now too. And then I I, I think we either burnt through the entire series in like two nights or three nights. Yeah. But it was basically like we would record for several hours during the day. We drink for like a two to three hour period in like the um dunch to dinner period of time in the afternoon slash evening right and then we would watch the young ones until 4 a.m yeah and what a charmed period of time that was that was so fun it was we were definitely binging before binging was a thing absolutely yeah absolutely yeah it's you know you you can't watch just one they're so addictive and it's and it's such a oh it's that oh it's her oh i know him yeah you know, yeah. uh, Jennifer yeah. Saunders is in it. This is five, eight years yeah. before Absolutely Fabulous. She shows up Frickin in a couple episodes. Don French is in there because they were friends. Friends. They worked together at the comedy strip yeah. with, you know, Ada Edmondson and Rick Mayall and all them. Nigel Planner. And uh, and Aide ended up marrying Jennifer Saunders. Right. Uh, that's where she got her name, Edna Monsoon was a, a, a joke of aid edmondson yeah uh yeah actually robbie coltrane is in there too yeah robbie who coltrane is known is to harry there. potter fans as um um oh god dumbledore <laughs> or something no not dumbledore. no not dumbledore no um Ma- Ma- oh god um, robbie hold on <laughs> this is why i have uh the google in front of me uh and- harry potter Oh, I mean, my God, Emma Thompson and Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie are in one episode. Uh, the Bambi right. episode. Hagrid. Hagrid. That's who he plays. Oh, okay. He plays the giant, Hagrid. Right. I shouldn't have done that. I should not have done that. He's a he's a bouncer in a random episode yeah. where, um, <laughs> oh, God, it's either. Discotheque. Right. It's they, either. It's they either get rid Rick of Rick's bedroom or and Neil. put in a discotheque. Right, and then Robbie Coltrane is the bouncer outside, and Rick's like, I want to go into my bedroom! You don't understand! This is my bedroom! Why can't you let me in? And, and Robbie Coltrane's standing out there, and he's up like... by his ankle, banging his head yeah, on the floor. Yeah, and Robbie Coltrane's like, oh, I'm afraid you can't come in. You just you haven't paid the fee, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I guess we should probably back up and just give the premise. We've, I mean, it's the cult thing. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's, so it's it's... <laughs> the the best uh analog to it the best parallel i can think of is one of the later monty python episodes had a sketch called the most awful family in britain award <laughs> and it's yeah, a lot like I'd that say that's about it yeah and it's yeah. it's uh four college students um it's uh vivian played by aid edmondson right who later uh with rick mayall of uh in the states, we really only knew him from uh, Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred, yeah. 
It's but like, in, oh, it's in, in Britain, he continued the... on. He did Cat Flap. He did Bottom. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of which I honestly have not watched all of. Filthy Rich uh, and I've, Cat I've only... Flap. Oh, yep, Bottom is yep, spectacular. Yep. Yeah. On YouTube, most of the stage shows are on there. And I owe it to you to go back oh, and watch those. They are so spectacular. Yeah. yeah. They're just, it's just Aid and Rick right. killing each other for two hours. Oh my God, I need to see that. And they, it's yeah. just, it's just the two of them. And Ooh. the slapstick violence and the, it's not just vulgarity, like as huh. Eddie Murphy quoting Bill Cosby, Hawk Pooey, uh, filth, yeah. filth, flarn, filth. It's right. creative vulgarity. <laughs> it's so good and it's so furious and it's yeah. so grotesque that there actually is an art to it. Like anyone, right. I was telling my daughter the other night, anyone can just get in front of a mic and cuss. That's easy. Right. A two year old can do that. Right. But to do it creatively and be. You know, there's nothing shocking about cuss words. Right. Uh, I told my, when uh, I was telling her, uh, you know, how some people think, oh, I'm, you know, uh, comedians or musicians or whatever. Oh, I'm so shocking. Oh, buckle up, nerds, because I'm going to shock you. And it's always the most boring thing you've ever heard. Yeah. The least boring, interesting thing on the face of the earth. The most boring, will... least interesting thing is shock jocks and shock humor. Whereas when yeah. my daughter was three years old, we were riding in the car and she's in the back seat, and out of nowhere she says, Lady Gaga farted in my vagina. <laughs> and that is the right. the most absurd, grotesque sentence <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah. And yeah. it came Meanwhile, from a little Dan's... baby. Yeah. Yeah, Dan's pulling over to the side of the road. He's like, I'm going to write that one down. Hold <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> that is tattooed on my brain until the day yeah, yeah. I die. In the vagina. Got it. Thank you, darling. Yeah. Oh, I, I also want to jump in real quick, and I want to say yeah. the other thing that's really amazing about Aid Edmondson and Rick Mayall is that um, they are um, human cartoon characters yes. in the way that they work. And um, they're, um, they're slapstick... I mean, I swear, if it isn't intentional, it's got to be something where they spend some time maybe, like, figuring out the poetry and the choreography to the movement so that they could get the characters that they played to move and feel as close to a Bugs Bunny cartoon as possible. Oh, absolutely. Because they their on-action stage performance and behaviors, especially in Young Ones, where it's the most shining... Yeah. is like watching an episode of Looney Tunes. They were uh, the best the best modern day analog that I can give is that they were as a two person team. And this is not to discredit the rest of the group, but but really Aid and Rick as a two person team were Jim Carrey before the world knew Jim Carrey. Mm. Um they 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 had this level of slapstick animation to the way that they moved which um, you see a very rehearsed, very choreographed, very patterned method to slapstick and the choreography that goes into slapstick in the Marx Brothers and in um, uh, the Three Stooges. 
in the young ones, you see slapstick that obviously got planned and practiced, but plays so haphazardly yeah. that it feels like one of the characters just up and did that. Yeah. That one of the characters just up and smacked the other guy across the room. And it's beautiful. It's so well done. Hey, I just had a revolutionary idea. What? Let's raise the people's army and seize control of the state. <laughs> oh, no. The front door's exploded. slaps curly you're like oh he's slapping curly again haha ha, i love that right but right. when when vivian uh knocks rick to the ground and then takes a cricket bat and whacks him in the groin right you don't see that and then of course rick goes haha ha, miss both my legs <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Because they're <laughs> on top of being awful. They're yeah. also the other one idiots. Yeah. Miss <laughs> my legs. They're stupid lunatics. Yeah. It's the best. And yeah. we're we're leaving out. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's uh, there's Aid Emmonson is Vivian. Rick Mayall is yes. Rick. Uh, and uh, Nigel Planer is uh, Neil, and. Um, Oh, who plays Mike? I'm I'm blanking on his on the actor's name who plays Mike. He's so good. Um, um hold on just a second here. Uh Christopher Ryan. Yeah. And, yeah. And he always it's so sad. He always felt like uh I you know, you hear people talk about it, he felt decades later like, "Oh, I just I wasn't that good. I wasn't as good as the others." It's like, "No, you were great. You yeah. were the glue that held it together. They That's needed, exactly oh, it. Oh, he's yeah. so good. And he had without, lots of great jokes himself. Without him as the straight man, the show would have never worked. Because yeah. because Mike's whole purpose in the show is to... It, it's a combination of forwarding the narrative and then to make kind of the... To serve as the audience chorus to comment on the absurdity of the stuff that's going on in each episode. Right. So when when wild stuff would happen or when um, uh, Adrian's um, uh, hamster special patrol group would uh, <laughs> jump out of the lentil pot, you know, Mike's Mike's job in the show would be to look at the camera and go, well, I didn't see that one coming. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or and, you're, guys, guys, we need to get back to the thing that we have to do this, you know, nominal plot to this absurd show. Right. Just so that you can move the story along. I think we should tell the pigs. Yeah, me too. I don't like to say anything negative, but no. If the police come around here, they'll grab hold of our nasties. <laughs> oh, have we got a video? Yeah, actually, and that's that's one of the things that I, I figure one thing I'll throw in real quick is yeah. uh, kind of my best ad-libbed analog to the uh, 
back cover of the DVD compilation, right? Which is you've got Adrian Edmondson, Rick Mayall, Nigel Planner, and Christopher Ryan who play um, uh, Vivian, Neil, Rick, um, uh, Mike, and uh, that's it, right? Vivian, Neil, Rick, yeah. and uh, and then Alexi Sale as the Bolovsky family. Right, and then Alexi Sale as every Bolovsky family member ever. And the whole concept behind it is that it's uh, it's the grunge, uh, it's the political uh, the the political leftist, uh, the 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 punk, uh, right? The the kind of very British. Um, I I'm against everything that yeah. it's okay to be against punk. And yeah, then, with the, um, uh, I love the 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 stars stuck in his forehead. Right. The pier the and stars I have a question pierced about, into his forehead. Yeah, I have a question about that, which I'll I'll come back to in a minute. Okay. But um, and then you've got um the fourth guy, Mike, who is the the business major and yeah, who cool always guy, shows up. He's in the suits always, and and it's like you have this. You, you look at him and you look at the rest of the character, and it's like. Obviously, you could be doing way better for yourself as a character. Why the hell are you here? But then you realize that he loves these guys and that his whole purpose is a combination of staying with them through to the end, whatever the end is, whether it's graduating from college in the purpose in the course of the narrative or whether it's through to the end of the episode or what have you um, and making sure that these guys don't all completely kill themselves Right, he's kind of also the den mom. Um, but I would, and so it's that, the f- I would say that Mike is also, while he always purports to be a cool guy, and the other three at different times sort of look up to him as, oh, well, he's the cool one. He's the one who gets things done. He's the one who can right. figure out a way to get out of this. He's yeah. also completely impotent, just like the rest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, all like, of his schemes fall in under him. Yeah, yeah. he is... A failure with women. Yeah. Uh, whenever there's a woman in the bed, it's a blow-up doll. You know? Right, right. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. just, just like, uh, you know, just like Neil is the lamest of the hippies. And just like right. <laughs> uh, Rick is uh, uh, the pariah of the lefty community. He's the most useless leftist ever. Yeah. yeah no one, No one likes them. They are completely right. unlikable. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing that's great is about it is like every episode where it's not the four of them verbally berating the daylights out of each other or physically beating the shit out of each other. Whenever they have any guest characters come in, all of the guest characters just look at these characters <laughs> with this general sense of loathing. Yeah. Like, why do I have to be here with these guys, with the young ones? Yeah. Oh my God, this group of people again? Holy crap. Yeah, you know? yeah. Whether it's uh, when they have, uh, they have the party and people come over and they're just, the, the guests are completely bored, senseless, or they go on right. the, the game show, the trivia show. Uh, yeah. To to <laughs> to that might be my favorite episode. Yeah, we should take a Bambi. moment to note the name of the college. Uh, Scumbag is, College. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> Scumbag College, and they and they play the posh kids. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the posh kids are Emma Thompson, Hugh Laurie, yeah. Stephen Fry, yeah. and uh, the oh Ben Elton, who was also the the right. writer. He well, did, that's five points to Footlights Ausbridge Footlight. and uh, zero points to Scumbag College. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 
And at the end, it's like, oh, well, of course, the posh kids always win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, right. that, ans- that wasn't the answer I was looking for, but uh, I... But I know yeah. your father, so I'll give it to you. Oh, thanks. Daddy says hi. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy sends hugs. Right. Oh God. Oh God. That 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 interchange where he's like, and uh, who exactly uh, is the current leader of China? Daddy has a Porsche. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. I love it's it. Just, it's, I love it. It's all of their up and coming friends, and yeah, you know, so many people became certified big deals i mean rick mail yeah. is a big deal over there right and nigel planer yeah. is a big deal over there he in right him and uh it was uh nigel planer and aid edmondson uh were recently doing a stage show god i hope they tape it and make it available over here called uh, oh my goodness yeah i think it's called vulcan seven and it's about like these two actors played by them who are doing a TV, a sci-fi TV show or a sci-fi movie together, and they just hate each other. They're so sick of each other's crap. <laughs> it's like that yes, sounds fantastic. Perfect. I need to see that. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I mean, I think of all of them, Nigel Planer has definitely has the most um, range as an actor. When you look at the various projects that they've worked on. Oh God, yeah. He's so good. He's he's much. He blends into things a lot more. He was in uh, the. Uh, they made uh, TV movies of Terry Pratchett books. He was in one of them. Uh, he was in, oh, when he did uh, Niles. Uh, Niles. Oh, that's our other podcast. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Neil's heavy concept album. Yes. It's a thing of Which you just, beauty. yeah, you discovered. Yeah. I just heard about it from another podcast and listened to it. And it's just absolutely incredible the it's it and it it's just like the young ones in that what is so great about it why i love it so much and it's the same thing that i love about terry pratchett books and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and the goon show and spike milligan's books it is and and zucker brothers maybe you know airplane and the naked gun and police squad and steve martin and the jerk it's oh wait Here's a place where we could put in a joke. We should put one there. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the landscape of ev- absolutely the landscape of every episode of the Young Ones is so peppered with jokes, and that's one of the things that's just absolutely so much fun about it is that you sit down to um, watch the show once, and you catch all of these great jokes the first watch. Yeah, and then you go back and you watch it again. And you catch jokes that you missed yeah. because you were laughing at this the, the the major hilarious gags the first time around. Yeah. Right. Um, like uh, one of the ones that I wanted to mention when we were talking about physical comedy, but it's another one where it fits in so quickly before they move on to the next scene. Is um, they're in the middle of some sort of conversation about putting a party together or something like that and rick looks at the group and he goes hands up who likes me and all of them <laughs> yes. just like all of them throw their hands under the table as fast as they possibly could <laughs> yeah. as if as Both if hands as close to the floor as possible right as if if they had their hands any higher it would mean <laughs> that they had implicitly agreed that rick was somewhat okay 
Right. It's like they put they all like shove their their hands as fast as possible yeah. towards the ground to be like, no, 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 no. All of us hate you, you know. Why don't you like me? Because you're a complete bastard. <laughs> Vivian, I'm being serious. Charlotte, you're a complete bastard and we all hate you. <laughs> I find that rather difficult to believe. <laughs> other so right much. right so and good. it was just and and you know it's that's one of those ones where i can't even remember what episode that's in i just remember oh. it's standing out as like what what the hell okay yeah. i love that you know yeah. i automatically love that you know and just yeah but i mean the things you know uh the last episode they uh uh when they they uh they try to rob a bank and when they go to the bank the the sign on the bank it's like fascist pig bank is the name of the bank. <laughs> just right it's everywhere every they're like yeah. well i guess we need we need an, a sign what should the sign yeah. say oh well let's make it funny well let's right. see we need them to do this what should you know oh they need to get in vivian's car well i guess we should yeah. make the car look funny well and yep. then they're gonna go down we uh you know they find a nuclear bomb in the house how should they discover yeah. it? well i guess it yeah. should just crash through the ceiling and lay in yeah. next to the fridge oh okay right Right, right, and then they ignore it for the whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> but the best, yeah. the best, the best, the best, the happiest I've ever been at a TV show. Yeah. The second episode, Oil, where they move into their new house. <laughs> Vivian runs upstairs. Guys, guys, I struck oil in the basement, and they go downstairs and they set up an oil operation where. Where yep. <laughs> Neil and, and Rick have to do all the digging and all the drilling, Absolutely. and uh, oh Mike is the is the generalissimo who is they set right. up a South American dictatorship. <laughs> Viva yep. El Presidente! And so Mike <laughs> yeah. is El Presidente, and he runs the basement oil scam. Yep. And yep. Vivian is is the police state with his cricket bat that he bashes them with. Right. And they do this whole half hour of of violence and drama and cruelty. Right. And then at right. the end, after the credits roll, Vivian looks into the camera and says, By the way, it was a complete lie about the oil. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's it! And that's it! And credits roll! Yeah. And just the entire oh, episode was, was completely pointless. All of this yeah. is completely pointless. It's so yeah. good. It's just the complete, he pulls the rug out of the entire show you just enjoyed. Yeah. It's such yep. a good and, trick to play on the viewer. It's so good. It just delights yeah. me to no end. <laughs> and it was like every second, every third episode, they did that. And it was so satisfying because it basically meant that like at a certain point, once you 
once you got kind of the general idea of how a young one's episode would work, like probably by episode three or episode four, you just were kind of like riding along for the ride. It was like, okay, um, now they have to go um, down to the laundromat and do their laundry. Um, (laughs) Let's see how badly they fuck this up. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And they, they put their underwear in there, and he goes, Bleh! and the front-loading <laughs> exactly. washing machine spits right. out their dirty clothes. Right. It's just, like, he's right. going back to what you're saying. Yeah, they're a cartoon, but whereas, um, yeah, like, Jim Carrey is, like, the Chuck Jones version of Looney Tunes. Very yeah. stretchy and big eyes and rubbery yeah. and goofy. The young ones are like the Tex Avery version of the of the Looney yeah. Tunes, where it's just right. cruel and violent and hateful and right. absurd. Right. And yeah. Pardon me while I go grab this giant head clobbering device from the other room. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my God, the first episode, they yeah. they assumed that they would never get picked up and so the yeah. first episode ends with a plane crashing into the house and killing yeah. them all <laughs> yeah so that they if necessary they can always point back to this pilot episode and go oh well there's no way that we could finish it anyway we crashed a plane into the house yeah they all um, well we all died oh well yeah <laughs> just... dude i mean vivian's vivian's first scene he crashes through the kitchen wall yeah and Feet he goes through the up wall. and down to the morgue. I got a leg. Up and down the morgue. Oh, fine, yeah, great. Let's talk about death. I mean, don't consider my feelings tonight or anything, will you? Cutting up bodies from my corpse, you know. None of you ever give the slightest consideration to a word I say. That's because you're very boring. <laughs> oh, and I suppose you think ideas like peace and freedom and equality are boring too. Yes, they are. Ah, falling into my trap. In that case, why isn't Cliff Richard boring clever trousers? Tell me that! <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it, isn't, it isn't until later that you realize that the reason that he's so excited about this is because Vivian, the punk, the one with the mohawk, the one who has four stars, uh, like, stapled into his forehead, <laughs> is also supposed to be a medical student. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly the most, he's the the most chaotic of all of them, but he's right. also, like, the one who is most likely to pass his classes. <laughs> right, and somehow there's just this ridiculously loose narrative that's tagging along about, like, you never know how any of them are doing in their classes or, right. or whether school is going well or going poorly yeah, for them. It, it they just, they just drop. <laughs> it couldn't matter less. Right. They're just dropping enough hints that these characters are at college right. and that a part of the life that they have to maintain in order to be there is this kind of like loosely guided narrative thread about college. Right. Otherwise they can be idiots for the entire episode, yeah, you know, yeah. and for the course of multiple days, you know. Something else that I love is uh, talking about the family dynamic of it as yeah. most of the time when people sit there and analyze the young ones, they're like, okay, well, Neil's the mom and so-and-so's the kid and blah, blah, blah. Right. But when their actual family show up, it's just as awful. Um, yep. The, one of the last episodes, Neil, the hippie's parents come up and neil has been for you know 10 or 11 episodes straight now neil has been this dirty 
stupid, uh, moaning hippie who just... Oh, Oh, no one's made the tea. I guess I'll have to do it again. Right, right. Oh, no one's made dinner, so I guess I'll throw some lentils in a pot. Yeah. Guys... That's his. Yeah. That's like as upbeat as he gets. Is guys. Yeah. He's just this right. moany guy, <laughs> and he's just complete hippie. Uh, yeah. And uh, his parents show up, and his parents. They. It looks like a lord and lady. They're like, right. They're, I you know, that. it looks like a like a bank clerk or something. He's like, yeah. yeah so yeah. now your mother and I are very disappointed by all this, Neil. You have brought shame on your family, Neil. I don't show my face at Lady Fanshawe's bridge evenings. Now that you've taken up with those television people. I mean, what sort of monsters are you? I mean, the young ones. Well, it all sounds very good, doesn't it? But just look around you. It's trash! I mean, even, even Triangle has better furniture than you do. I think you'll find that was specially designed to fall apart like that, Mrs. Pye. Rick was going to get hit over the head with it in the next scene. I thought you'd be like, glad, you know, that I was doing something worthwhile. Worthwhile? I mean, it's a bloody outrage. It, it's a waste of a licensing fee. Oh, pardon my French. Why can't you be in one of those decent situation comedies that your mother likes? <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. And then I think back to every hippie I knew when I was in college. I'm like, oh, yep. That's yeah. where yeah. they come from. <laughs> they yeah. are yeah. well-to-do white people who are right. looking for uh, their their first taste of repression. <laughs> like, oh, wouldn't it be right. cool? Wouldn't it be cool to feel repressed and disadvantaged? That'd be neat. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess I'll get real smelly and talk about the system. Uh, so I just I just found something that I I have to like track down right now yeah which is that apparently aid edmondson was in the last jedi which i did yeah. not know yeah 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 he uh in the beginning he was a, yeah. a crew member in the empire and uh i yeah no i i re- i noticed him i was like is that no is that vivian is that aid oh my yeah god, he was in it there. is yeah 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 he was oh my god it is he was an officer ah! and uh i'm trying oh to remember, my goodness uh I'm trying to remember what his role was. He was, if he was like the one who noticed that they were, that a ship was coming at him to kill him right. or if like right. the, the general killed him or something. He, he had some sort of, uh, I just Google searched him and this, point where this he gets image, the shaft. <laughs> there's this, there's this image of him where it's him in his Imperial uniform and Mark Hamill is hanging off of him yeah. with the biggest, most infectious smile. Oh, yeah. Because you know that if we like this show, Mark Hamill probably obsessed about oh, it. Oh, yeah. And he's got Absolutely. he's got that he's got that like kid meeting um, Luke Skywalker for the first time face. He's yeah. like, it's Aid Edmondson. Yeah. It's so, Vivian. Oh uh, my god. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. as much as he's Luke Skywalker. I know he probably found out that Aid was on set. It was probably like, oh my God, it's Vivian! You know, and, I have to go meet him! You and know. God bless Mark Hamill. He's just the biggest hearted fanboy. He is the, yeah, he absolutely. Is, he just is nothing but enthusiasm. And I love yeah. that. And it re- he always reminds me of something that John Hodgman said. I think it was John Hodgman who said, uh, this is when he was starting to get well known. Um, 
and he he said uh something along i'm paraphrasing but it was uh the difference between a nerd and a hipster is yeah. the with both of them uh th- what you wield is knowledge and information right you know that that uh oh oh i know about this thing i know about this cool thing but whereas yeah. a hipster uses it as a weapon to keep you away from the cool thing no no it's only for right. me my precious uh yeah a nerd wants to proselytize it and be like, I know about this fun thing and so should you. Yeah. And the bar, you know, the bar in my opinion really is the, um, the, the dividing line is whether you're using your knowledge for gatekeeping or for opening the gate and inviting someone in. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We have to keep, we got to keep them from finding out, you know, it's like when people, when your favorite band gets, your favorite like indie band gets big and popular and then you decide not to like them anymore. Like, right. No, thank you. You're not, you're not cool for me. No. Right. I, I'm like, yay, they made it good for them. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Unrelated. I, um, during my, uh, aid Edmonds in the last Jedi Google search, I found an image of, uh, uh, Kylo Ren, where they had photoshopped Vivian's head on top <laughs> and the side and the top of his three piece Mohawk are now Kylo Ren's lightsaber. And it oh, is giving nice. me so much life right now. <laughs> I like that. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm saving this image and sending it to you right now because you need to see it as well. <laughs> uh, this is incredibly important. Yes. We need to stop the podcast for this. <laughs> Hold everything. Hold yes. everything. We must know this right now. Um, yeah. Uh, for context, everyone, I'm a horribly big Star Wars fan, probably uh, oh, yeah. bigger than, yeah, anyway. So, yeah. Um, but, and that's something else that I think affected our outlook is you and I came of age sort of at the tail end of when the nerdery enthusiasm was, oh, gross, go away. Yeah. Now, yeah. oh, you like comics? You, and you like Star Wars, you like the most popular things ever invented. Right. You you have right. a pulse. That's what that means. Yeah. You like D&D? Yeah. Oh, you probably have a podcast where you play it with other people. And, uh, oh, you know who else likes it? All the most popular directors. And all the right. most, you know, some of the popular actors. You know, like Vin Diesel is a huge dork. Uh, right. Olivia Munn right. is a huge dork. Like, right. You know, these right. these big celebrities are like super nerdy. Right. Jason Momoa plays D and D. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they're just like like the nerds totally won. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. and but so where we and I think that was part of people our age and older that um and you still see it with with uh online, you know, hate hateful people where it's um that sort of like they feel like they're victims but they're not yeah and they feel like gatekeepers but they're not it's like you're trying to gatekeep you know the three billion people who saw star wars like well you right they they already saw it dude what are you trying to accomplish <laughs> right right exactly 
Oh, and the other thing oh, is that... Oh, you like the Avengers? Well, name 20 of them. Okay. Here's 20. Yeah, I saw the yeah. most popular movie last year. Yeah. <laughs> so did yeah, everybody the... else alive. <laughs> yeah. Also, that, that era that you and I came out of in terms of nerdery was, was an era... So the same period of time that you and I were coming out of high school was the same period of time that the, the Star Wars prequels dropped and was yeah. also... Uh, pretty much the exact same period of time was was the same point when the Lord of the Rings trilogy dropped. Yeah, and, I remember um, they. I remember they. Um, the first one came out the same summer, because I saw yeah. episode one and I was like, okay, yeah. wow, that was neat. The digital effects, yeah. the Senate, yeah. wow, that was a lot of people. Yeah. And then yeah. I saw Fellowship of the Ring, and the level of work. Yeah. That they absolutely. put into. That there's a scene where you're seeing an orc make a helmet or something, and it right. keeps zooming out and zooming out and zooming out. So there's oh like my God. thousands yes. of them, and you're like, wow, right. and you can see what they're doing. And you're like, right. oh, yeah. they care a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah. about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And like Lucasfilms, <laughs> they care. They do. They really care about they it. They really do. Yeah. But Peter Jackson really cares he's a psycho yeah. fan for this right he wants right, to right. like nail it yeah so like, we're gonna film 40 difference. different orcs doing different things and then we're gonna digitally composite them yeah that was actually uh one of the neat technical notes about lord of the rings is that um we did a workshop who um did the uh the cgi the practical i mean they just did a buttload of the effects for um the lord of the rings trilogy um, I can't remember whether it was Weta Workshop or them working in conjunction with ILM, but they came up basically with this um, battle simulation um, uh, choreography tool that they could apply to the CGI characters that they had created and would populate giant landscapes with, right? Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite notes, uh, anecdotal notes out, out of the initial testing of this tool because the whole idea was that they had to have waves of orcs clashing against waves of men and elves. Yeah, yeah. Was that the first most logical conclusion that came out of that battle simulator when they ran it was that the orcs and the human elves armies ran away from each other because that was the easiest way that they could preserve each other. <laughs> 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 it was like it was like they included really a technical funny. note in the simulation of like you know you're fighting for the preservation of your life or something like that and these little basic ai characters are like oh well then we shouldn't fight <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the only way yeah. to win thermonuclear war is not to play. <laughs> exactly right 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 how about a nice game of chess yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah but so i found uh, that entertaining oh boy Anyway, young ones. But yeah, so <laughs> the young ones. I mean, oh God, I could go on and on and on just quoting scenes, but. Well, that's the idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, at some point we ought to wrap it up, but just yeah. something else that I loved about this show and just about the expectations and how. You were talking about how, you know, you see three or four episodes and you're like, okay, well, I don't know how this show works. I'll just let it let it wash over me. Right. Because you cannot predict what will happen. 
Yep. Um, and again, not in like a shock value way, in a genuine right. Wait, what's going to happen? Well, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think the one of the first episodes, maybe the first, they're doing all this stuff, all this you know plot is happening, and then it goes. Someone like crashes a hole in the wall, and the camera goes next door through the hole, and it's right. this old couple sitting next to a candle talking about, and then. The wind right. was howling. And right, it jumped directly winds. into a BBC upstairs downstairs. And you're drama. just like, yeah. Wait, what are you talking about? Right, <laughs> it's just this old this old couple talking about bad right. times. <laughs> Remember that this very room was filled with light and laughter and young people. How we laughed! <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> It was sort of crunchy. <laughs> the woods and the darkness and the howling wind. Will the snouts never cease? They seem to reach back forever. Could you be quiet, please? I'm trying to watch my favorite program. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, wait a minute, you, you wrote this scene into yeah. your own show and yeah. you're saying can you please stop it <laughs> right it's so right. good there's another there's there's another bit about the <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm so terribly sorry I loaded up a YouTube clip and I'm watching the funniest moments now and I'm really enjoying it anyway um there was uh yeah I know I'm totally cheating um no um Another thing that I thought was really fantastic about the young ones and that that BBC upstairs downstairs drama bit where they just let it run for entirely too long. Yeah. It's also really important because um the young ones and um some of the shows in its vein in a similar vein um also began to set the groundwork for being able to allow some of the uh, late 90s, early 2000s television that got away with awkward long moments to mm. pull off awkward long moment stunts and get away with it. Um, and obviously the, 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 the biggest, easiest one that jumps to mind for me is Space Coast Coast to Coast. But sure. then an, another one that definitely comes to mind is um, uh, uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show, Great Job. Yeah. Uh, That's where a those show guys... you can definitely see they're the grandchild of young ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And where there was where there was slapstick, there was also uh, not equally peppered, but there was also enough woven into the tapestry of each comedy episode. These bits were where obviously the writers, you know, or like the writers and the actors got together when they were workshopping the scenes, and they were like, you know, what would be really really funny is if we didn't spend thirty seconds on this. If we spent three and a half minutes of a 22 minute episode on this and really drew it out and yeah. made everybody watching go, what the hell is going on? Why am I watching this now? You know, and yeah. my God, did they do it well? 
I mean, they did it so well. Yeah. The um, there was an episode. Uh, another one that comes to mind is there was an episode where. Um, uh, by the way, I'm going to say the hamster's name again because I absolutely love the hamster's it's so name. Good. Where Rick's uh, no Vivian's hamster special patrol group <laughs> goes <laughs> goes into a little mouse hole in the side of the wall to visit his family. Yeah. And they spend they spend like three to four minutes building this little mouse like drama, like a reality not a reality TV drama, but like almost like kind of a general hospital drama of like, you know, well, I haven't been able to go down to the shop recently because I've been doing so many things for Vivian. Right. And I know that the children need the medicine. Then, Mommy, I'm afraid I haven't brought enough grocery for you. You know, And it's like, <laughs> this is the hamster he's supposedly experimenting on. Why right. is this happening? Right, right. Why am I watching this? You know? Yeah. It, it's, it's those moments are just so... It's like you, you sit back after the end of each episode and you kind of digest what you just watched. And you're like, wow, they really did that well. They made me sit through an awkward moment for three minutes for such a dopey punchline. But, oh, my God, the punchline was so much better for it as a result. Or, or the other way around where it starts with a dopey joke. Uh, and it and it just goes on and on and on like, oh, God, there was one where they... Uh, someone talks about being a fly on the wall and it cuts to <laughs> two <right>. flies, you know, <laughs> giant human sized puppets where someone's face right. and it, it, the entire show, the, all the momentum of the show ends. Right. Right. Everything stops and you're just listening yep. to these two flies do their like backstage gossip about being a fly yeah. on the wall and how it, right. it's not all glamorous. Yeah. Uh, and then they're being filmed by a fly on the wall documentary crew. Right. Right. <laughs> and then, and then is going, and then they get uh, the, one of the, one of the young ones sprays them with, with fly spray and they all die. <laughs> right. Like, Wait, what is this for? <laughs> It's just com- so completely absurd. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was talking about uh, uh, one circle I wanted to close up was talking about their family. And I was uh, talking about when Neil's parents showed up, but also Vivian's mom shows up twice. Uh, one, oh, that's right. when they're in a bar and they see, uh, it's not, is it Madness who's playing in the bar? Uh, and uh, Vivian's mom is the bartender. And she's just hateful to them and abusive to them. But the best I, is one of the last ones when they're sick. Yeah. Uh, her, uh, the Bolofsky of the week is holding them at gunpoint. And That's I'm going right, to shoot you rent. one, two, three. And Vivian's mom comes in. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, now we have to stop again. And everyone's acting very nice for Vivian's mom. And uh, <laughs> right. And the, the guy with the gun is like, oh, Neil, I'm uh, he's acting like his gun's a telescope. Oh, I'm an astronomy right. student. Yeah, Neil, uh, right. how you doing? Uh, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and so she says, well... No, I heard you was ill, so I brought you a present. Last present you gave me was a box of matches. That was a joke. I was only eight weeks old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. excuse me, excuse me. I'm not actually known for my patience. Oh, oh well, you're probably not Dr. Gildare. 
bromide this time. A bottle of vodka. Oh, brilliant! Thanks, Mum! <laughs> this is empty. Ha-ha! <laughs> Up yours, ugly! <laughs> What a nasty woman. That was her whole... <laughs> her entire like, ah, scene ah, ah. was... And then just freaking leaves. She, yeah. Her entire uh, uh, motivation for that episode was, I'm going to visit my kid. I'm going to go visit my sick kid. Give him right. a, a bottle of liquor that I already drank and laugh at him and then leave. Right. It's just <laughs> so great. And it's such a random scene, it's, but it's so fantastic. It's yeah. such, it's just such a middle finger to conventional sitcoms and yeah. the idea of, well, this is, you know, there's so many um, script writing books and uh, drama writing books and how to write, how to be a writer, how to structure things. And there's so many, they always try to push like a formula. It has to be like this and you need it to rise and then denouement and then do this. And right. they try to impose a formula on it. And you see it again with the gatekeepers. Well, you know, uh, yeah. like when uh, Hannah Gadsby's um, special came out a couple years ago and everyone's like, well, that's not stand-up. Well, it is stand-up. Yeah. Well, it depends on your definition. And it's like, stop trying to declare what is and is not a thing. Just, yeah, do you absolutely. like it? Good. And I actually, I want to jump in real quick, and I want to say that no discussion of the young ones, I feel like, is complete without uh, a minute to just, like, applaud um, Alexi Sale for um, who he was, what he brought, what he was doing as that character, oh, as yeah. all of the Bolovskis. Um, like, that was... So... I was a fat kid and uh, remain a fat kid today. And uh, <laughs> seeing Alexi Sale up there as this like overweight dude with like a the the child pudgy face, just belting out all of this like pro communist stuff and yeah. you know down with Thatcher and stuff and not and, and like not all of it was funny in the way that you expect comedy to be funny. But it was Alexi doing his own little weird thing. Yeah. And it it's I I have nothing but genuine appreciation for him adding this because it was such a weird, like it was it was um it was almost like when you when you I don't know, like when you try cheddar cheese with apple pie and you go, oh, my God, that's so weird. But somehow it works, you know, or <laughs> I'll, or when I'll you trust you on that. Uh, yeah, seriously. Or like when you when you put together two flavor combinations that you would have never thought before and you're like, why does this work so well? But it really does. You know, it's like he was there in the middle of all of this, um, just being the Bolovskis and, and throwing out this this weird communist propaganda comedy yeah. and why but it was amazing but it and and he was amazing whenever people bother me when they shout and raise their voices i don't let it get me down i just make some stupid noises i go and so i i love him and then the one of the thing that i'll throw out and then i'll i'll shut my app and maybe we can wrap this up at uh 
an hour and a half <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is um, the music. And um, oh, yeah, I, I just want to say, like, I, I really appreciate now uh, more than ever. I appreciate that the young ones introduced me to so many bands from the 80s and the 90s that I would have simply never known about. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, the one that I feel embarrassed to say that as a 20 year old awkward kid that grew up doing nothing but uh, rewinding uh, the Battle of Endor scene uh, in Return of the Jedi as many times as I could until the VHS tape started to die, <laughs> that somehow I had completely missed the boat on Motorhead until oh, yeah. Dan showed me the young ones. <laughs> And yeah. then all of a sudden, I was like a five-year-old at the candy store, and it was like, oh, "What is this?" Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that. I think that's that same episode, Bambi, where they're like, "Yeah, they, uh, yeah." And okay, so Bambi. One of the reasons it's my favorite episode is the entire game show part of it is fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that doesn't happen till like two thirds into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, the first third is like, guys, we need to do our laundry, okay? And they will do it in the morning, and they go upstairs, and they come right. down, and they're all dressed as each other, which is hilarious. Yeah. They all do yes, imitations the, the of each scene other, reversal, <laughs> which is perfect. And yeah. then they go right to the laundromat. Music. <laughs> and Motorhead and starts playing Ace come. of Spades. And it's, oh, it just kills me. Yeah. But yeah, Madness, yeah. Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yeah. I think, I think they both did two episodes. One yeah. of, I know at least Dexy's did. Yeah. I think Madness did two episodes too. But those yeah. two, I knew their one big hit, you know, Our House yeah. and Come on, Eileen. But I... Yeah. This was like, oh, they're also good in general. Oh, okay, right. cool. Maybe I'll pay right. attention to them. Yeah, um, yeah so Welcome much good to music. The House of Fun. Do, do, do. Yeah, and absolutely. the story behind that, uh, if you had a band on, then you were a variety show and you got more money. Yep. That's yep. that's the reason they did it. They're like, oh, yeah. we can have more money? Okay. Yeah, which have is just like budget. such a fantastic oh, cool. reasoning. And none of it, none of it made any sense. It was like these these bands would be inserted into the weirdest points in the story. Yeah. And there they were. Yeah. Like uh playing in Mike's in Mike's room, playing yeah. at the laundromat, uh playing in the corner of the apartment. Yeah. You walk down the street. Oh, Madness is standing in the middle of the street playing. Okay, anyway. I'll just what are they walk playing? Home. Our house in the middle of our street. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, yeah, it made no sense, but who cares? All and right. Yeah, it's so, just, it, they, to all, the, it's everyone who has written a textbook about how a screenplay should be written, how drama is structured should watch the young ones and they go absolutely oh you can also just do whatever you want and if you're good at it and if you're confident and brave you'll do great if you if you really believe in what you're doing and i'm not trying to make them sound heroic but like you look like you said with alexi sale the dude was confident yeah you know and the show i mean one of the (laughs) i can't imagine a lot of the show, I'm like, oh, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that. There was one scene where 
uh, Vivian and Rick are fighting and they're fighting and fighting and fighting and hitting each other and they go upstairs to continue fighting. Meanwhile, the rest of the show goes on and we're watching the others do stuff. And then in the middle of the scene, they're fighting upstairs and a couch comes crashing (laughs) through the ceiling and lands on the floor and they keep fighting. But they were actually up there. There weren't stuntmen. They, it was the two of them, you know, 10, 15 feet up off the ground. Right. And they go, okay, the thing is going to release. We're yep. going to fall. And yep. the second that we land on the ground, we have to jump up and beat each other up. Right, because the budget was so shoestring <laughs> that there was, like, Just... no room for an additional take or no room for yeah. stunt actors. Yeah. It was like... We're going to ride a couch down, yeah. and then we're going to fight with each other. If I'm a virgin, how come I know what the girl's bottom looks like? <laughs> From looking in the mirror? <laughs> Stuff is getting ruined. When this thing falls. Yeah, you have yep. one chance. Do it right. Okay, right. here we go. Yep. I just, yep. I can't imagine being in that circumstance. Yeah. Just and also the as guts. The, as the house fell apart, the set also fell apart, and they left the set broken in mm-hmm, places. Mm-hmm. It was so great. Because yeah. it was... It was like for a continuity geek, it was so entertaining because it's like, oh, yeah, they left the hole from the last two episodes. That's yeah. fucking fantastic. You yeah. Know? And it just the the two of them, you know, uh, they're all like I said, Nigel Planer is wonderful. They're all wonderful. Alexis, they're they're great. Christopher, yeah. uh, they're great. But Ade Edmondson and Rick Mayall with before when they were on the comic strip and uh, doing um, the danger brothers, right? The dangerous brothers, the danger brothers. Uh, I'm honestly not sure. And it was the same sort of stuff. They would, you know, kill each other in, and in, in new stunts, there was always some new stunt where they would kill each yeah. other. And yeah. it was complete violence and silly and cartoonish. Uh, yeah. And they, they kept that up through the young ones into bottom yeah. And to a lesser extent, in uh, filthy rich and cat flap, but it's just you—you you know, people get described as a human cartoon, but just that was the absolute greatest human cartoon. They were it. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, it's just I—I uh, am so right. so happy that we spent an hour and more talking about this yeah. show. It's so good. It's the best. And right. If you haven't seen it, you should be. Why aren't you watching it yet? What's wrong oh my God! With watch you? it now. Yeah, <laughs> good lord. Um, all right, before we before we close it out, um, like w- without any sort of like order or precedence or like tiered listing or anything like that, just randomly, um, a few of your best fa- like absolute favorite scenes. Oh God! Um, when anytime someone thinks someone is dead, is yeah. funny. Uh, at one yeah. point, uh, uh, Rick thinks he's killed Neil and buried him in yeah. the garden, <laughs> except there was fertilizer. 
And right. so, like, three <laughs> meals grow. It's such yeah. a dumb joke. It's yeah. so stupid, but it's so much yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Any anytime someone thinks that someone is dead is absolute joy. It's so funny. Uh, how All about right. you? Uh, so I've got I've got three. They're, they're the ones that get quoted in our house like crazy, especially between my wife and I. Um, uh, the, the, the one that I love is I love um, Vivian... Uh, looking at Mike and going, it's really amazing what you can make with flour and water. <laughs> Mike looks at him and goes, yeah, glue. Because <laughs> they're poor college students and that's yeah. all they have left in the house. Yeah. Um, uh. Also, uh, just by far, my favorite, and it's so raunchy, but it's absolutely my favorite, is uh, he goes through... Um, uh, they're at a party. It's the party they've hosted. Oh, uh, uh, in Jennifer Rick, Saunders's purse. Yes, Rick yeah. Nails decided to go through <laughs> Jennifer Saunders's purse. He's like, "What's this you've brought me? Oh, it's a gift. Oh, I wonder what's inside the gift." He unwraps it. He's holding a tampon, right? And he unwraps it. He pulls it apart. He's pulled apart the dispenser and the separator, and he holds up the the cloth part with the tail, and he's like. Well, it's a little mousy. Look, everyone. Look, it's a, it's a statue. It's a sculpture of a mousy. And then everyone is kind of looking at him in abject horror. Yeah. And like, he looks back at what he's... cretin? Right. And he looks, he looks at them. They look at him. He looks at what he's holding in his hands. And this sudden moment of awkward teenage after, nerd after shame. He, after he puts it in the drink. Oh, right, after thirsty? he's put it in the drink. Are oh, you thirsty? Yeah, are oh, you thirsty, Mr. Mousy? Yeah. And then everyone, he realizes what he's done. And he goes, I have to go to the toilet. This runs away in panic. Every limb flying as he's running away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I think those are probably my two absolute favorites. And just little, it's a little mousy. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I like they made fun of television a lot. Uh, yes. The first episode, oh, he's watching nosing around. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this is nosing around for us, by us, no adults. And then he goes, right. "It's like we're gonna listen to someone who's very cool," and it's like a, a dean of administration <laughs> of right. admissions for right. the university right. or something. But now it's going to have a bit of a nutter with our very special guest, Roland Percival, whose career is officer at East London College. <laughs> Getting down, right down. Someone's watching the the TV to see, uh, just to to stay uh, staying up late watching TV, and the TV announcer goes, "Go to bed, Spotty." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> they say something. It's like they're like, it's two o'clock in the morning. Go to bed, Spotty. Yeah, like, you can't tell me when to go to bed. Go to bed, Spotty. <laughs> kicks, <laughs> kicks, kicks the TV in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nonstop delight, and it's so, yeah. it's so unpredictable, and it's right. unlike anything else. I mean, it's like the only thing that comes close to it is other things that those people did, like yeah, bottom. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's actually best. you know i'm i'm going to i'm going to go out on a limb here and um although it's not as chock full of sight gags i will say that in terms of a gag based one verbal joke after another verbal joke uh interspersed with occasional um slapstick humor I would say one of the few you, you had talked about uh, Tim and Tim and Eric being kind of the grandchild of uh, young ones or, or kind of being in the vein of being two generations separated. I would almost say one that's one generation separated is uh, the IT crowd mm. where um, there were so many great lessons learned. I think when those folks probably sat down to put the IT crowd together where they I, I feel like the way that Moss and and. Roy and uh, the 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 Renholm family carries on. I feel like there are so many moments where they were looking back at the young ones and going, "Hey, remember when this really worked well in the young ones and it mm. made everyone laugh their ass off in the room? Let's do a take on that." Like so, like you know, absolutely. Like the scene where Danny Renholm, uh, by uh, played by Matt Berry. Um, uh, sits down in his father's quote-unquote office and he's like, well, it seems I've inherited this office. I wonder what's in all these drawers. Hey, look, a gun. I wonder if it's loaded. <laughs> he holds, holds the six-shooter straight into his mouth. Oh, it's like... I mean, that's that's straight out uh, of the vein of yeah. the young ones and out yeah. of Monty Python where it's like, I, can, we get what, can, we, what, can we get away with this? Oh, well, of course we can. We're British comedy. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Sure, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've run out of things to say, which yeah. is surprising. My, but <laughs> My face hurts from smiling, which is always yeah. a sign of success. That's good. That means that we've, we've, we've succeeded in the first episode, so All that's right. good. It well, can only get worse from here. <laughs> Yeah, and oh my god, we have a list. So many, and some of them are funny. Some of them are, some of mine are music. Uh, some, yeah. you know, that will have all sorts of different things. But uh, yeah, hopefully, it, you know, nothing horribly mainstream. And uh, yeah. ho- hopefully, you'll check it out and you'll love it too. And you can tell all yep. your friends, oh my god, this thing is so great. And you can proselytize, you can spread the good word of yeah. something crazy and wonderful. Yeah right oh yeah. god all right well i'm dan and he's aaron and yep. this is like rama exactly <laughs> i love that name all right all right from uh from the like rama studio uh located uh 30 uh floors uh below sea level uh we wish you the best and uh we'll, we'll come at you next time or something like that i don't know given that <laughs> given that wonderful outro music aaron but it's a da 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 da